welcome back to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly and Tim and Wayne. I'm still Aaron. <laughs> I'm forever Polly. This is still Wayne. And I'm the Red Hood. <laughs> <laughs> He's an best, Can I just tell you, Tim, that, that if you're the Red Hood, you suck? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm edgy. You don't know yeah, what I'm going to do. He doesn't suck as much as Starfire does. Oh, her <laughs> That's true. Although I've heard stories about him. Well, welcome uh, back to uh, part two of this week's uh, comic book discussion. This is our all new 52 episode in which we run down week four in the new 52, as well as talk about what's getting a second issue from us. Wow. It feels like I was just here recording with you guys. You were just <laughs> here recording with us. Did I have a stroke? It is. We are in a <laughs> continuum of podcast recording. Oh, it's it's like Funny Books Con all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, see, you know, screw I, our con. We got Funny Book Con. I told Paul that uh, earlier this week that with all of the content that we've had lately, I think I'm going to go ahead and quit my job so that I can edit our podcast full time. You know, <laughs> and and Paul is willing to kick in fifty bucks a week, you know, to keep me in comics. Um, and so I, I need to know what kind of contribution you guys are willing to make. I will donate all the boob comics to you (laughs) and all the image too. I will donate all of uh, Thistledown John's time to help you edit. (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) What's he doing? He's doesn't he, that guy does nothing. He 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 just farms. farms. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's not releasing Dresden files. That's what he's doing. Do you think he could do audacity from his tractor? I think he does. (laughs) I think that's that's the question we need yeah. to ask. He levelates from the back forty. He levelates the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, farming jokes are fun. <laughs> He's outstanding in his field. <sighs> Good time. So you know, this week I think the final is it thirteen? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I think it was the la- the, the final thirteen. Yeah, the final thirteen were released. Like the final three Cylons, um, or final five <laughs> they have uh, a Cylons. Plan. Yeah, yeah, they they have a plan. Um, start, you know, we're going to start off talking about probably the book we've been most anxiously awaiting talking about, Superman number one, written by George Perez with art by Jesus Marino. Um, actually, written with breakdowns by George Perez, with uh, you know finishes by Jesus Marino. Um, unmarried Superman, you know, uh, apparently him and Lois Lane have never been a couple. And uh, the Daily Planet is no more. It has been purchased by a large media conglomerate owned by Morgan Edge. I got to find out what Wayne thought of this book. I just want to personally thank George Perez for giving me a Superman that I really enjoyed. And I want to say, damn you for leaving the book after issue seven. Yeah, it's been announced that George Perez is leaving the book after, you know, with issue number seven. Uh, it's going to be then written by Keith Giffen, I think. Yeah, Keith and, Giffen uh, and Dan Jurgens. And Dan Jurgens, yeah. who are also taking over Green Arrow when J.T. Cruel leaves with issue number four. You know, and I used to love Dan Jurgens' Superman, so I'm hoping this will still be good. I was nervous about this book going in because I hate the cover. I hate the new costume, but on all of the panels where he's, you know, in action – the new costume doesn't bug me. It's only when he's floating there and they're trying to do this iconic image of him up in the sky. I thought that looked, the costume looked horrible on those panels. Other than that, though, it looked good. This definitely isn't the John Byrne Superman, but they brought back so many of the old characters. 
like peppered throughout this. You've got things like Morgan Edge and, you know, it's just all of these characters from that time frame are back and playing a, a role. I like their take on Clark Kent. It's a it's not the take that, you know, familiar with in the past, but it's an interesting take. Perry White seems to be dead on. I like this Lois Lane. I, does the younger Perry White bother you? No. A little bit. I got to say, I, I found that jarring. I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, he, with the whole, you know, he's got that, you know, big, you know, lantern jaw kind of, uh, kind of, kind of look to him. I mean, he looks tough. He doesn't look, you know, like, like, you know, world tough, but I mean, like, you know, kick your ass tough. He's like, uh, fuck the, the, the cat guy, the, the boxing guy from Justice Society. That's oh yeah, like to me. Yeah, Ted uh, Grant. Yeah, Ted Grant. Yeah, That's no, you're like. right. He does. He looks a lot like Ted Grant. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't bothered by. It. I mean, I noticed he was a lot younger, but it wasn't something that that bothered me at all. But yeah, overall, I like the voice of these characters. I thought this was a great first issue. This felt kind of like a '90s Superman book. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characters are all different, obviously, but the tone of the story, the type of story that was being told. Seemed like something you would read around the time of the death of Superman to me. I uh, I was surprised by a couple of things. One, I was surprised that I enjoyed the interior art as much as I did. You know, the breakdowns were, were done by George Perez and with the uh, finishes uh, by Jesus Marino. And I just think the pages are really nice. I wouldn't call them beautiful. I wouldn't call them spectacular. I just think they, they really serve the story well. Um, I have to say, one of the things I don't like about the artistic choice in the new character is the absence of a spit curl on Superman. I'm really having a hard time with that. Um, you know, there's no no consistent uh, look to his hair, and that's just one of those things we've gotten used to about Superman over the years. Well, I noticed that again in the action shots, the hair falls down into that. Like if you look at the panels where he's flying directly at the page to fight the fire monster. Uh huh. His hair has fallen down into a natural spit curl. Yeah, I don't know about that. Now, I do want to say, um, if, if anyone took a look at some of the preview pages for this book before it came out, there were some artistic changes. Oh, really? Specifically on the hair. Um, you know, they, they made Clark Kent a little more of a schlub. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And he looked a lot more like classic Clark Kent in the original preview pages. It, it's it's kind of interesting. I think there's an article on it on uh, – Bleeding Cool, maybe, or maybe Comic Book Resources, where they compare the original preview art with what actually came out. Yeah. Um, yeah so this book was definitely changed right up to press time. You now, know, I was really afraid going in that we wouldn't even see much Clark. I mean, they've talked more about this is definitely a, a Superman that's more Kryptonian than it is, you know, Clark Kent from a farm. But we saw Clark in here, you know, not a lot, but we saw him enough, and the voice. You know, everyone's talking about Clark. You get his opinion on things. He's angry about the Daily Planet being bought and the old building being destroyed. If Clark did feel like a character in here, not just a disguise, that I think is one of the things that really sold me on this book. I was expecting to hate the new Superman, and I, I am very happy with this. Well, there were there were two choices in the book that I thought were interesting. One I didn't much care for, and one I completely understand. And, uh, you know, they're, they're showing the demolition of the Daily Planet building. And, you know, you've got the big Daily Planet structure, you know, uh, the, the globe with Daily Planet around it at the top of the old building. The building is demolished and you've still got that, you know, the planet 
there. And what I'd really hoped we were going to see was, you know, Superman flying down there, collecting that up, flying it back to his Fortress of Solitude, maybe a new Fortress of Solitude that he's just started keeping artifacts for and placing that there. Instead, he uses it as a weapon against his uh, his enemy in this book. You know, uses it to throw it at him and go you know, completely destroying uh, the last vestiges of the planet as we have known it in the past. So, you know, I didn't much care for that, but you know, there it was. Maybe maybe this Superman doesn't have a fortress of solitude. Uh, so that's that's one of the things I, I really like about the character. But of course, you know, we're we're in new mode here, so. I will try not to apply my preconceptions to it. The uh, second choice that they made is, you know, they're really wanting to have a Superman not tethered to Lois Lane in a romantic relationship. And so in order to ensure that that doesn't happen, they have Clark, you know, go to Lois's apartment because, you know, he wants to share the, you know, a success with her. And, you know, she is, of course, hooking up with another dude. You know, and you know, hey, Lois, you coming back to bed? Oh, hey, it's that Clark Kent guy. He's taller than <laughs> I thought he'd be. You know, anyway, so you know, it really kind of put a stake in that. Um, that you know, we won't be revisiting the the Lois and Clark romance anytime soon. It appears in the pages of Superman. Yeah, and because Lois Lane's skanky whore. <laughs> that's, that's all he's saying. Hey, you know. <laughs> I had a good day. I should have some sex with some random people. <laughs> you know, at the end of the next issue, we're going to see, uh, you know, Clark interrupting Lois having sex with the football team. Well, it's important to note Clark Kent is that guy who goes to the grocery store at one in the morning, buys a rose, shows up at the girl's house for a booty call. You know? Well, not only that, Clark Kent <laughs> uses his super hearing upon leaving yeah. <laughs> to, hear, to, to hear, you know, Lois having sex. But doesn't check in before he shows up to make sure it's convenient. For him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, no, I got some of the things that Wayne said about the book uh, about it feeling like a very '90s, and I, I would even venture a little bit further to say late '80s uh, Superman book. I, I, I feel like as the Superman fans that we are reading the Superman books that we did growing up, I feel that that may have been what we liked about the book. But at the same time. I feel like the storytelling style was a little dated. I, I feel like for it, it, this book is great for folks like us who have been reading comics. I don't think it's necessarily the best representation for new readers to come in at Superman number one. And maybe you guys disagree with me. I, I, I enjoyed the book just enough to give it another to give number two a shot, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just. I, it wasn't what I was looking for. I didn't find it exciting. I found it all very interesting, but I didn't I, find it exciting. I think it's obvious based on what I said. I'm very much on board for uh, for Superman. I thought it was an interesting choice for them to keep talking about events that we haven't seen yet. Like there's a new Astrodome because Superman destroyed the old one, but we don't know how he destroyed the old one. And there are a lot of references to things like that that are pointing out that this is a Superman that it that has been active and has been doing things. My personal hope, I want to see Cat Grant show up in a few issues, and I'd like to see Clark and Cat and Cat have a relationship. So, Aaron, are you on board for number two as well? I am. All right. So we'll talk about number two, and we'll see how it goes. Biggest surprise for me this week? Well, not biggest surprise because everyone is everyone on the internet is saying how great Aquaman number one is, written by Jeff Johns, art by Ivan Reese and Joe Prado. Um, 
you know, Aquaman is a guy who can never really hold a title. He, he's kind of this mockery from super, you know, of superheroes. And so Jeff Johns is setting out to make Aquaman a badass. Aaron, did he succeed? You know, the last time I enjoyed an Aquaman book was when Peter David was on the title, you know, and he had the big hook hand. That's when I enjoyed Aquaman. Uh, I, uh, I was surprised in this book that uh, they found a an angle on the character that I think could be interesting, and that angle being uh, at the end of the book where he and Mara decide to live on land versus returning back to Atlantis. Um, but is that enough to keep me on the book? It is not. Um, I won't be picking up issue two. I, I thought the I thought the book was was well drawn. I think it's a pretty book. I thought the story was well told. There were moments that I enjoyed, but it's just not enough to keep me coming back. Not when I've got so many other other choices that I'm more excited about. Um, and it's th- purely a financial decision. This book was I will say this was the big surprise for me. I was surprised when I read the preview pages and enjoyed it. I was surprised that I actually bought an Aquaman book. I was surprised by how much I love the Aquaman book and have been talking about it to everyone. I'm surprised that I'm going to buy issue number 2 because of how much I loved it. And I it was almost be my book of the week. I mean, this week it's hard to tell because there are so many books I enjoyed. I absolutely love this book. It is beginning to end people telling Aquaman how much he sucks. Yeah, that that is a really amusing part of this book. I don't talk to fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I got to say, and, and maybe I'm just rebelling because everyone on the internet is up Jeff John's ass about this book. Uh-huh. Um, you know, well, not up his ass, but kissing his ass about this book. And now there are articles of why Aquaman's such a badass all over the place. And, and it's annoying to me because, let's be honest, Aquaman sucks. I mean, everyone knows it. Don't, don't change your mind just because and you every, read one good issue. Yeah, everyone told him that in this issue. See, but that was one thing that bugged me a little bit about this issue. And i got to say, I did enjoy this book. I did enjoy this book. I am on for issue two. I loved the art. I am intrigued by the the villains, the trench. Um, I, I am definitely on board for issue two. I felt it tried a little too hard to show me that Aquaman's a badass. Every page I turned, hey, look, Aquaman's a badass. Just in case you forgot when you turned the page – Aquaman's still a badass. Oh wait, Aquaman's still a badass. Look, I didn't and, get that it was at like, all. I mean, I, I felt like they were trying too hard a little bit. It felt like they were trying to deal with the the myth about how weak Aquaman is, because everyone everyone talks about how weak the character is and he's useless outside of water. And based on his power set, that's just not true. He actually is a fairly powerful character, and okay. they they were continually showing us that he is not useless. But I didn't think any anything he did seemed badass like he got shot and he bled. So that's not very badass. The scene after he settles the the problem in the street and, the, and one of the cop comes one of the cops comes up and says, "You need a glass of water or something." <laughs> I laughed out loud. <laughs> oh, I laughed at so many scenes in here. The uh, when the police are talking and they say the boys at the station are never going to let him hear the end of being upstaged by Aquaman. The scene in the diner was what uh, really sold me on the book, though. This was in the preview pages. When he sits down and he orders the fish and chips and someone says, you can't order fish. Well, why not? You talk to fish. I do not talk to fish. That is what sold me on the book, that whole conversation. 
this book was hilarious. I I like this take on Aquaman. I like his frustration. I like that he's going to be living on land and that nobody takes him seriously. I never imagined I would ever enjoy an Aquaman book, and this book was just so wonderful that I'm on board for issue two. Yeah, I'm not going to pick up issue two. I may pick it up and trade once it's collected. Um, but as far as as far as a monthly pull, it's not going to be on my number twos. I'm 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 in between. I am on board for issue two, but I am not as enthused as Wayne. I did think it was well written. I do like the art. On board for issue two. But you know what? I am not on board for issue two with Batman: The Dark Knight, co-written by David Finch and Paul Jenkins, with art by David Finch. Batman: The Dark Knight came out this week. And, um, you know, I, w- I read the, the previous volume of Batman the Dark Knight by David Finch, so I'm going to let uh, Aaron and Wayne take this one. Uh, second favorite of the Batman books, followed only behind uh, Batman and Robin, which I really enjoyed. I do have the complaint that this is the second time now we've seen all the villains from Arkham escape and Batman have to deal with them in the course of this month. I think it was a little bit ridiculous to have that happen again. But other than that, I enjoyed the book. I thought the art was pretty. Um, I I think that Jaina Hudson's uh, dress was a little too short. Um, I don't know how she or sits. not short enough. <laughs> I don't know how she sits down in that thing. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, I'll, I'll note that we never see her sitting, you know, in in this book. But um, uh, I I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Wayne. Is this it's. It seems like we could have some action take place not at Arkham within the same books in the same month. You know, when when you've got that that kind of thing with you know, everybody escaping and you know everything going to shit at Arkham, it just it, it it's a little trying. I think Gotham's a bigger place and there are more things going on. I think they could have set the story a little bit differently. Um, I thought it was an adequate Batman book. It's not a Batman book. I'll be picking up an issue two of. You know, I and I'm I hated this book. I hated this book. I loved the art. And even then I had some issues with the art. Um, but I hated this book. And, and I felt it was, you know, not just the Arkham scene, but it was almost the exact same book as Batman number one. Cause there was a scene with Batman, with Bruce Wayne talking yeah. in front of people. And, you know, and I thought Batman the party number one did it better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought Batman uh, number see, one did it better. And I, I like was Ray the opposite. I, I agree. There was a lot that was reminiscent of Batman number one. I just thought this book did it better than Batman number one did. See, I disagree. I think Batman number one did everything better, especially the end when Two Face walks out, all hyped up on Bane, not Bane, uh, Venom, <laughs> <laughs> all hyped up on Venom, and he says, "Call me One Face now." I, I wanted to throw the book across the room when I read that page. That is the stupidest fucking ending I've ever read. Yeah, I was like, One Face. <laughs> can okay. you just say face the face <laughs> the dial- face his comments sucked yeah the dialogue sucked but other than that it was a good ending having him walk out all hopped up on venom or bane he- or, <laughs> or, or maybe bane. he just chewed up bane you know maybe yeah. if he wouldn't have said anything if he would have just walked out and growled i think it would have been a better ending yeah. Hey, batty boy, you can call me one face now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to call him batty boy, and I don't want the one face comment. It just, if he would have just growled, that would have been better. Oh, my God. But no, I thought I thought I, 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 I'm I am surprised to hear that you liked it as much as you did, Wayne, because you have completely 
surprised me with your taste on the Batman books, and especially liking Batman and Robin. But Well, that's one thing I have to say. There are a lot of Batman books out there right now. There's only two Superman books, but Batman has will have a book every week. And they all have a different feel to them, which is a good thing in my opinion. The Batman books that you're really excited about are the ones that I didn't like because I like the a different feel on Batman. So I kind of like that, that we both have Batman books that we're going to enjoy. They're not the same Batman books because we have different tastes than Batman. But we both get our Batman books. Yeah. And i got to be honest, I like Paul Jenkins' writing. So when this comes out in trade, I may give it another shot or I might read it digitally when it drops in price. But this issue was definitely not there to uh, to make me pick up issue two. Now, Green Lantern, New Guardians, issue number one. This is the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book, book I was rather looking forward to. And I suspect <laughs> that uh, my good friend Wayne was as well. Oh, yeah. But Tim, Tim hasn't talked in like that's 20 right. minutes. That's right. Tim, why don't you tell us what you thought of this book? Um, well, my initial impressions on this book was that I I didn't I didn't see a, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot going on. I mean, it it went right up till the end where all all these rings surround him and that's where they cut off and I felt like you know, if I'm just reading this to give it like a one you know, one issue. I wasn't sure that was his place to stop it. But what I did, what I did like was they they revisited the uh, the history of Kyle Rayner getting his ring, which I didn't have any idea about. So that was a cool introduction that reintroduces the fact that that part hasn't changed for this character. And we already see a scene where he's um, helping a construction worker where he uses the green ring, and that was a really pretty page. So, you know, overall, I, I thought it was an okay book. I, I like the art, but I'm not sure the story is enough to, you know, for me to dig in too hard. So I guys? have to agree. I have to agree with Tim that not a lot happened. I think for a new reader coming on that it might be a hard sell. For me, who's such a big Kyle fan, everything I needed to get out of the first issue, I got out of this. Particularly, we saw that the origin hasn't changed. All the Guardians were wiped out. Ganthic created one last ring, brought it to Kyle, and Kyle was the only Green Lantern for a while. We got to hear Kyle's voice while talking to his friends in the bar drawing the picture. We got to see that he was a, you know, basically a broke artist that had no money. It sounded like the Kyle that I remember and loved so much back then. We got to see how quickly he takes to using the ring. Ganthet's telling him that uh, someday you'll be able to make constructs, and he's already made this cartoonish version of Ganthet and you know, surprises and surpasses what Ganthet would have thought he was capable of. And we got to see people's general opinion of Kyle that it's you know, he's not the other Green Lanterns. And probably one of the most racist comments I've seen in a DC book in a while that I couldn't help but laugh about. When the uh, the guy in the crane is talking about all the Green Lanterns, it's like, no, he's not the guy from Coast City. No, he's not the black one either. You know, like Tim mentioned, the uh, the art on the the scene where you see what Kyle is doing with the ring constructs, he's making very interesting ring constructs like Kyle always has. I mean, everything about this book showed me that this is the Kyle that I used to love in the '90s that I haven't seen lately in the Green Lantern books. So, yeah, nothing really happened. I don't know why all the rings chose him that, that did. But I'm on board for issue two because I feel like they've given me back my Kyle from the 90s. I strongly disliked this book. 
and I, I feel like I'm, I've disliked a lot of books this week. But uh, I, what I disliked about this book was I didn't have a sense of time with it. Like I didn't feel like they were retelling. I didn't feel like they were they were going back in the past and saying, you know, here is, you know, three years ago, five years ago, whatever, you know, Kyle Rayner got his energy ring. This seemed very much in the now. Like this is happening right now. And that's what I disliked about it because if this is indeed happening right now, that means all of the, the neat stuff that I like so much about Kyle – is not yet in continuity. And they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to retell the story, which I really don't want to be retold to. Um, you know, I have those books. Um, or they're going to start fresh, which I understand, but I'm not real wild about because I like Mikhail. Um, I, I am, you know, one of the things that I enjoy so much about Kyle is at the end of his origin story, his girlfriend winds up in a refrigerator. And I know that was actually the first thing my wife asked when I uh, when I told her about this book and I had just finished reading it. She's like, "Is his girlfriend still in the refrigerator?" I'm like, "I don't know. It hasn't gotten that far yet." Yeah, and you know, I I don't necessarily want to see that story retold, but it is a fundamental part of Kyle Rayner. You know, I think we're missing a a dialogue option here because if you look right after he makes the ganthet and they have their conversation, mm-hmm. the next page says the present day. Right. That's but in that origin about. part, it never says how far back it is. Exactly. Because I'm assuming they don't want to date themselves for how far back. But it should just say something like in the past there. Yeah. It very clearly says present day after that. So his origin is not present day. And we know that's the case because we've seen the other Green Lanterns. We've seen that there are the full core. We've seen that he's, you know, that they've done things and that things like uh, the War of the Lanterns happened. But I think it's just missing that one thing of dialogue saying the past. It doesn't even have to say a date, just the past. Yeah, it could have been a year ago, a month ago. I mean, it doesn't have to say, you know, in 1995. <laughs> it just it just needs to place it in time. And I understand that nobody wants to lock themselves into a, into a date because, you know, then everyone starts counting back on, well, how could he possibly be this old? But I just need to have a firm setting of where the character is. And that's what really bugged me about this book. That's why I think it would have been good if it just said the past. I agree. I agree. But, you know, uh, I've made the decision that I'm out on Green Lanterns. I'm not going to pick up any of the Green Lantern books. Which I'm sad to, I'm, I'm sad to hear, Aaron. I'm sorry. I'm but so- someone will buy them with me. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's not because I think they're bad. In fact, you know, I've given positive reviews to, to all but this one, I think. Um, they're not knocking my socks off enough. Uh, I'm not sure that I want to have so many of those stories retold to me, and I think that that's where we're headed. And uh, you know, it's again, there's just so many choices. I'm I'm having to to make some financial decisions versus quality decisions. You know, and I have to say, if you look at the books I've talked about loving this week so far, mm-hmm. a lot of it's been nostalgia. Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man Two is partially nostalgia to the original Ultimate Spider-Man series. If Superman was very much nostalgia, this was a lot of nostalgia. 
you know, I, I, I've made the decision to uh, relinquish my Green Lantern books uh, largely because I, I, I do – even though they're telling separate stories right now, I do feel that inevitably they'll, they'll, they'll cross over. They'll link up and then I'll go, damn it, you know, I wasn't picking up that one. So if I'm not picking up any of them, I don't have to worry about that. And so what yeah. is that? That four books that I get to drop there, right? Yeah. I'm struggling with the same decision about Batman because I loved Detective Comics. I really enjoyed Batman and Robin, and I really enjoyed Batman. And but you know I'm like, you know, if I were to cut loose the Batman books, that would be another four books off my list. But or I, you could pick up issue two of and see which because I, <laughs> I, I didn't I did not subscribe to any of these books, uh-huh. which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But any any book that I even if I love the first issue, I am on board for issue two. I am not subscribing ongoing. Yeah. You know, as a monthly pull until I until I get two good issues out of a book, because, you know, you can have a good start and then start sucking. Well, you know, I'm definitely off of the Green Lantern books, and I'm sure I'll probably wind up picking up, you know, something in trade. But uh, as far as the monthly floppies, I'm out. A, a book that I'm on the fence about picking up issue two for is Teen Titans, written by Scott Lubdell with art by Brett Booth. This is a complete reboot of the Teen Titans franchise. Um you know, it, it is very clear that these characters have not met before when we are introduced to them in this book. Tim, who, who you know, joined our podcast as the Teen Titans connoisseur that he is. Uh, I'm going to let you, you, you take the lead on this one. I love this book. Really? God, I love this book. Oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Um, I, I, I love the fact that Tim Drake was is, is revealed as still having been Robin. I'm not. I don't. I don't think it's the same voice that we were getting from Red Robin from that character. But I'm I'm kind of okay with that, just because you know they did kind of a clean cut with that. He's, with that one he's still very much a badass, though. He is. Yeah. He is, and I think he's got a little more of an. He's got he's got an edge, especially when he's having the uh, you know the comments with uh, Cassie. He's like, well, if you're not a superhero, you are screwed right now. Was <laughs> basically what he said. And I'm like, yeah, nice. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, he's like I'm lying. gonna, my shit's bulletproof. <laughs> Hope you are too. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I really liked it. I, I, I'm on the fence. I, I'm picking up issue two, I think. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, well, the three lead characters or the four leads, Superboy, um. Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, or Don't Call Me Wonder Girl, and uh, Red Robin all intrigue me. You know, th- there are three other characters on this team who look stupid, so I have a feeling they're going to be stupid. And it's like, <laughs> you, why couldn't you put Miss? You know, I mean, there are other characters that they could have gotten. You know, instead of creating Ravager, would have been nice. Ravager, Miss Martian. Let's say some of them are even on the screen, like Miss Martian. You know, he see you see a picture of her on the screen at one point. Oh my God! You know what just occurred to me? Huh. 52 books this month, not a single one had Beast Boy. Thank you, DC. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is a gift. So, Wayne, what'd you think? You know, I should have liked this book more than I did. I liked a lot about it. I loved Kid Flash being an idiot and almost getting himself killed. I thought those first few few pages were great. The realization that he was he had done something dumb trying to be a be a superhero i enjoyed that i enjoyed seeing tim as the badass 
you know, jumping out of the building, doing the gliding thing, trying to gather the team. I like the conversations between him and Cassie. I have nothing to point to that I didn't like in this book. It's just overall put together. I'm not completely sold. I'm in for issue two. It's going to get more more time to sell me on it. I like the character interactions. I don't know why I'm not excited about the book, but nothing overall really excited me about it reading it. You know what's funny? It's very much an X-Men title um, in that young superheroes are screwing up and they are being hunted down by the government. And this team of super and this team of young superheroes is rebelling against them. Um, and, and it's kind of funny because there's even a reference to X-Men. I don't know if anyone caught it. But the, there's a mansion on the first page. There's a mansion burning down in Westchester County, you know, where Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters is. I, I thought that was interesting. I did not catch that. That's where that was. But yeah, it is. You know, I I, I am on board for issue two. So you know, I I'm curious to see where it goes, especially since the last page of this uh, book is the exact same scene as the last page of Superboy number one, and they're both written by the same writer. So I think these books will tie together closely. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> now, the book Thanks. everyone has been waiting for us to talk about, Voodoo, number one, written by friend of the podcast, Ron Mars, art by Sami Basri. Why is everybody waiting to hear about this? Because this is where Paul gets to rant, a ragey red rant. So, you know how I said, and maybe it's just me, but it bugged me you know, when everyone on the internet, except for ideologyofmadness.com, started kissing Jeff John's ass for Aquaman. Here's the top 10 reasons Aquaman's a badass. Blah 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 blah. Well, Voodoo number 1 had the opposite had the same effect on me but for a different reason. All of a sudden after Voodoo number 1 came out, everyone, and I'm not going to name sites, but you know, you go to any of those top websites and it was all about do you think comics are sexist? Do you think there's too much sex in comics? You know, do you feel that comics are inappropriate for children? Blah, blah, blah. And it all came about from Voodoo number one. And it just, it like tickles me that, you know, these 30 and 40 year old guys who read comics all the time and have been reading comics for, you know, years now are still asking stupid questions and acting like prudes. You know, I mean, what the hell? You guys read Lady Death in the 90s and, you know, you, yeah. everyone survived the bad. They're still buying exactly. Vampirella. I mean, you guys survived the bad girl craze. You're reading. You're, you're giving Alan Moore's Lost Girls pornographic works. You know. You know. Ten out of ten reviews and shit like that. And you're gonna give a book like Voodoo Number One a hard time just because the lead character's a stripper, and she was in the original continuity too. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I saw all of this conversation start more over Catwoman, and I was frustrated by the people that you know. People hadn't even read the title. They just saw that one panel, and they were outraged by Catwoman. The only book that something like this has outraged me in was Red Hood and the Outlaws. That book made me angry for what they – and that's just because and that's just because it was a bad yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't way. think it was because the character <laughs> was sexual. I think that was because it was different from the character you had grown to, to – you know, you've come to know and love. It was because she wasn't a deep character in any way. She's a caricature of a character. And it was an overall yeah, poorly written, badly written book. book. Exactly. Like, Unlike yeah. Voodoo, which I absolutely loved. God. Book of the fucking week. I loved this, this book. This was a damn good book. Have I mean, any of you read Voodoo before this? Because I've read the Voodoo mini 
I've read the Voodoo miniseries. This is a very different Voodoo. But like Paul said, she's always been a stripper. That hasn't changed. Well, you know, I picked it up. And I think if you didn't know Ron Mars's work, if you didn't know his work on uh, the Magdalena, on Witchblade, you know, if you weren't familiar with how strongly he writes female characters, you would have seen the cover of the book, you know, that very much, you know, has, you know, has this this woman's face, a pretty woman's face, you know, looking like she's in the in the grips of a pleasure, some kind of sensual moment. With a big gargoyle-like hand, you know, touching her lips provocatively, um, you would think, "Oh, this is just going to be, you know, a gratuitous sex book." But you know, I know better. I know that Ron Mars, you know, writes deep characters. I know that Ron Mars always has something interesting to say. And sure, there is a titillating factor in this book with the stripper and how beautifully it's illustrated by Sammy Bosry. Uh, this book was fantastic. I mean, I am all in for number There's two. a point to the sexuality in the, this book. It's, you know, there I get it. Absolutely. I get it's a TNA book, whatever. But that's the point of the book. You know, she is a sexual being, you know, and she, she and especially in this book, she uses her sexuality to lure someone into a trap, you know, and I, I enjoyed the book. I thought it was well written, you know, and yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was gratuitous. I mean, yes, it's a, it is a stripper book, but if your main character is a stripper and you show her drinking coffee all, you know, the entire issue, then what the <laughs> fuck is the point in making her a stripper? You know, it, it, right. so, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in some of these situations. But I, I think this was a well-written and the art was gorgeous on this book. You know, and I have to say anyone that thinks it was a misogynistic book, we don't really know for sure that she's female. She's a shape-shifting creature, an alien creature. Maybe they don't have male and female. I'm just saying. No, this is a good point. And at the end of the issue, she is a man. Just putting that out there. You know, she shapeshifts into a dude. So, you know, I I feel like some of the the harsh words, you know, put towards the DC, you know, the New 52, and especially this book, were unfounded. You know, I feel like you should read it and, and, you know, come with your own opinion. But anyone who's like all of all of the harsh words that were aimed at Red Hood and the Outlaws, those are fair. Those are fair, because that's a sucky-ass book. What? God, that book is ass. <laughs> but this book, you know, definitely a good book. I would I, I would recommend it. The only, sad, the only bad thing I have to say about it is that they got rid of Voodoo's tattoo. Because she used to have this big dragon tattoo on her side. Hot. Now she doesn't have it. She's Just a shapeshifter. <laughs> it can come back. That's true. That's true. Ron, hear me out here. Now, when I went to the comic shop this week, you know, my comic guy did a little suggestive selling on me. And he's like, uh, you know, so what do you got there? What do you got in your stack there? You know, what you got? Oh, you don't have Firestorm number one. I read that. It was really good. You ought to pick that up. And I'm like, seriously, Firestorm? You're going to, uh, uh, you know, tell me to pick up Firestorm? He's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. Let me let me do some qualifying here. Uh did you like Firestorm before? Did 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 you like that those books? Well, no, not really. Uh, but this one I liked. Like, okay, I'm gonna pick up Firestorm, but if I don't like it, I'm going to hold you personally responsible. So I read Firestorm number one, and what? I kind of dug it. And I know Paul <laughs> hated this book. <laughs> I was bouncing up and down waiting for the end of that story. 
<laughs> to hear that you hated it. I hated this book. I hated this book. No, no I kind of no, dug the book. I did not. <laughs> so, Paul, what did you not Everything. like about this book? I did not like a single thing in this book. I did not care for the art. Oh, I thought it was drawn I very did well. not. <laughs> and I didn't – and, you know, first and foremost, I don't like any character in this book. Uh, I did not care for any of the characters. I thought they were all assholes. And, and so they spend this long time. Okay. Oh, you know, it's like a buddy cop movie. These two characters hate each other, but they have to live together to be Firestorm. Wee! But they make them such assholes to each other. I don't care about either one of them. And I, I, I just, I did not care for this book in the slightest. I am shocked to hear that you liked it. I kind of dug mm. it. Mm. Yeah, you're not buying Green Lantern number two. I'm just saying. Nor am I picking up issue two oh, of this book. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I, I I didn't like it enough to give it a number two. Again, that's about how much decision. I like this book was to give it a number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. Um. I, but you know, I, I liked it. I I I can see where they're going with it. It's a different take on the character. You know, I I when. When I knew that they were relaunching it, you know, I, I've never cared enough about Firestorm to actually click on an article <laughs> about Firestorm. But, you know, I was like, you know, I the iteration of Firestorm that existed during prior to Blackest Night, you know, where you had the 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 guy and the girl, you know, that, that comprised the Firestorm. I liked them. I didn't necessarily want an ongoing issue of them an ongoing comic of them, but I enjoyed those characters. And it, I was saddened when the girlfriend was killed in Blackest Night because I, I really kind of like them. I I like the idea of these, you know, because it used to be just the guy and the professor, right, that made the Firestorm, mm-hmm. okay? And I don't remember anybody. Ray, Ray and yeah, Professor Stein, I think is who it was, um, it, from the original character. And I never liked that character i just it never worked for me i didn't care for the costume design it seemed like the artwork was always kind of half-assed um so it just, i just never dug that, that character guy. sucked uh, i don't disagree i i think this is moving into an interesting thing because you know these two firestorms can exist separately but then they can join together to create Voltron. you know yeah a <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it does have kind of that manga feel to it. I see where they're going. It's I, I dug it. I think it was a quality book. I would recommend it to somebody. I would particularly recommend it to a younger reader, not because I felt like it was a childish book, but that I think it's got a lot of those elements that a younger reader likes, like the the you know joining together to, to form a even larger hero. Um, it's got that Power Rangers. Aspect Just to be clear, to it, though, you wouldn't you know? recommend Voodoo to a younger reader. <laughs> Actually, I would. I would particularly recommend Voodoo to Andrew's son. <laughs> I think Andrew's son but might keep this under his uh, his mattress. Just saying. Yeah. Did you ever have the <laughs> now, Andrew? I'm going to be send. I'm going to be sending a package to Junior later this week. Don't open that up. Just let him open that. It's you know full of child friendly <laughs> comics. Out of curiosity, did you guys ever have the comics like that when you were around that age? That you keep up, yeah. Keep the under comics your that you don't let your parents see. They don't. You don't let them know that you bought this at like a flea market or something. I had the Neverwhere graphic novel by Richard Corbin, oh. uh, and I, if if you don't remember that, it's uh, the the 
the comic that uh, one of the stories from Heavy Metal, the Heavy Metal movie, is based on. Uh, uh, John Candy voices the main character, and uh, you know he's naked through most of the the story, and as is the, the, the everybody else in that movie. But for anyway, me it was uh, <laughs> for me it was a company called Catfish Comics did a comic called uh, Cinnamon that had full nudity. Yeah. It was a super. She was a superhero whose costume would get ripped off in every fight that she was in, because she, unlike Superman, she didn't have that field of invulnerability around her or anything. So when someone sliced her with swords, it wouldn't slice her, but it would slice her top off. That's yeah, just good. That's writing. just realistic. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, mine was never wear by Richard Corbin. Lots of nudity, lots of sex, good stuff. <laughs> Paul. Yeah, of course I had shit like that. And, and, and what you was know, your, I don't what know if I had book? a specific book. I mean, there were a lot of mature readers titles at the time um, that had like a panel of nudity or something like that. My dad was reading heavy metal at the time, so of course I would steal heavy metals. Huh. So, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But, yeah, we're not going to go further with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tim? No, I didn't really have anything like that, to be honest. It was all Darkwing Duck for you. Well, I mean, no, but it was all you know, regular Jesus. Marvel DC stuff. Tim was hiding Archie because his dad yeah. called him gay for reading it. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I, I I do recall there was an issue of uh, it was uh, one of those big Justice League dollar books, you know, big hundred page Justice League book, and there was a a panel of the black canary changing clothes and so she's topless and the hair is just falling over her chest and so you're really not seeing anything but she's she's rolling on the uh fishnet stockings i spent a lot of quality time with that page <laughs> a lot of quality time. A lot, a lot of just you know in-depth thinking about the story <laughs> So I Vampire number. <laughs> <laughs> this I Vampire was another book that my comic guy uh, recommended to me, and he and I will be having stern, harsh words um, when I return to the comic shop this week. Uh, I will be rolling up this comic and whacking him up across the bridge of his nose. Bad comic book retailer. Bad comic book retailer. I didn't mind. Really, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I, I am not on board for number two. This is it's a it's a horror book. I mean, it's straight up a horror book. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, the thing that I find amusing about it, Paul, is that the cover I think is designed to appeal to oh, the yeah. Twilight crowd. The interior of the book is very much straight on horror. There's no sparkly, glowy. You know, uh, it's a little more emo than I care for. Uh, so, you know, if you enjoy a, an Anne Rice vampire book. You'll probably get a kick out of this. Yeah, that, that that is a good comparison. It's very much you know, oh woe is me, I'm a vampire. Oh, I have yeah. a girlfriend and she loves being a vampire and wants to kill everybody. So I... You know the vampire book I want to read? Damn it, I'm a fucking vampire. This Count is Ducula? awesome. You want to read Count Ducula? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, th- this wasn't. I didn't think it was a bad book, and I, I you know, I was kind of looking forward to it because it's written by. Uh, the same writer who wrote Images Echoes, which I did enjoy. But it is, it's a horror book, um, which does mean that the panel where they reference Superman and Wonder Woman completely caught me off guard. Because this is straight up a horror universe. Yes, I, All of Boston or Baltimore or whatever city they're taking place in is lying dead in the streets. And all of a sudden they're talking about Superman. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? 
Well, and uh, that is one of the elements that I liked about the book because they're like, you know, we as vampires, we've got to be, you know, under the radar because how in the world are you going to deal with Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, four different Green Lanterns? How are we going to how are you going to cope with that? How are you going to fight that? And of course, you know, the vampires are like, screw it. We're taking it back. Those guys are cattle. So for, for the listeners who can't read our chat box, Wayne just sent out a link to Cinnamon. This is straight up a porn comic. Just say. <laughs> there was uh, the artwork inside this. And yes, it pretty much was. But the artwork inside was all beautifully done pencils, no coloring at all. Everything was done with shading. The covers, though, were fully painted, you know, almost photorealistic covers. <laughs> and yes, her, her main villain is a lesbian that kisses her once. In the middle of a fight. I'd like to point out that you know, clicking on this site, it has blocked my, – my, my browser has blocked two pop-up <laughs> windows. <laughs> clicking over this porn site. You sent me to. Uh, but, uh, and I, that's I, their I, official <laughs> website at Tripod. Uh, so uh, going back to iVampire, I am not on board for number two. However, I do think I might pick it up and trade um, if the reviews are, are positive because uh, I'm intrigued. But not enough. And it is very much an emo vampire book, not a fun vampire book. But again, it's just like DC's been saying, they want to make a book for everybody. This is your your emo vampire book. So we're running out of time here. Um, let's do a lightning round on the uh, the remaining DC 52 books that, well... Paul, all-star westerns, go! Uh, features Amadeus Arkham and Jonah Hex investigating the murder of prostitutes in 19th century Gotham city book was awesome. 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 I am on board for number two, even though the price tag is three ninety nine. Um, it is an oversized book, beautiful book, well-written surprised the shit out of me. Cause I had no interest in it on board for number two. Blackhawks go. This book was ass. I won't be picking up number two. Yeah. This book sucked dick. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> Paul, the flash go. Gorgeous, gorgeous book. Loved this book. Loved it, loved it. Loved the new characterization of Barry Allen. You guys who didn't buy it because you're a Wally West fan are missing out. This is kind of a more interesting Barry than he has previously been. Great book. Loved it. Most beautiful book I picked up this week art-wise. Fuck you, Paul. Justice League Dark, go! Oh, this book was awful. This book was incomprehensible. And the sad thing is the art was good, but the writing was terrible. The Savage Hawkman, go! Savage Hawkman was better than I expected. Uh, art by Philip Tan was really good. And um, the main character, Carter Hall, it, uh, this seems like a reboot. Uh, he is uh, he is still an archaeologist, but he's also investigating alien artifacts. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really good book, uh, actually. I- I'm on board for number two. All right. So we have come to the end of September. Thank God. September, a month of 52 new titles in the DC universe. That's just DC. That's not talking about any number ones from Marvel. Yeah, and I mean, and it's been, I think we can all agree, it's been a pretty darn good month for comics. Probably the best month in comics in recent memory. And the worst on our wallets. Yes, it has been mm-hmm. punishing on our wallets. And so now is the time where we've got to make some some key decisions about what we can afford to keep, you know, what we're willing to make the sacrifice uh, to support. What are we going to do? So what gets a number two from us in the new 52? 
Are we just going to list them all, or well, let's uh, let, let's talk? So um, I've already shared my thoughts on Green Lantern. That while I've liked most of what I've read there, as a as a financial decision, I'm cutting it loose so I don't have to follow anything within that line. All right, you let's know? just I say let's just go down the list from the checklist here. Justice League number one. I'll pick up number two. I'll pick up number two. I'll get number two. Tim? It's so pretty. Yeah. Tim's going to pick up number two. Oh, it's so pretty, but I don't... Uh, it It's on my <laughs> list, but it's the last one on my list. Great. Action Comics number one? Oh, I'm definitely in. Me too. Me too? And, you know, I, I liked what Grant Morrison was doing there, um, and that is weird for me to Aaron. say. I know. I know. I know. Yourself, you jackass. I know. It pains me to say how much I liked Grant Morrison's writing in that book. It it hurts me. (laughs) It hurts me. It it does, but I I, I enjoyed the book. I'm thinking that's a no from Tim then? I never picked it up in the beginning when it's Grant Ah. fucking Morrison and Superman. You guys are scrolls. (laughs) 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 Idiots. Animal Man number one? Hell yes. That's not the password. Hell yeah. You know, I am. Uh, everyone has said so many nice things about Animal Man. I will pick it up digitally. So when it drops to a buck ninety nine, is when I'll be picking it up. Animal Man should be next week. So I will always be a month behind y- you guys. Batgirl number one. Yep. Uh, I'm out. I'm out as well. Uh, I I liked the book. Don't get me wrong. I didn't like it enough. With everything else I'm buying, I didn't like it enough to give it a second issue. Damn. I'm Batwing number one, and since uh, since DC referred to John Stewart as the Black Green Lantern, I feel safe to say the Black Batman. And, well, and I've heard really good things about the Batwing book. It's not bad, but I'm not picking up number two. And 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 I probably should clarify on Batgirl and Batwing. I may be picking them up digitally. I may pick up the first issue of Batwing digitally because I've heard good things. Paul just saying he's not getting number two kind of weighs towards the knot, though. Yeah, but, you know, Paul's taste is questionable. And I, I will true. say, I am not buying it in a store. I would I would pay a buck ninety nine digitally for it. It was yeah. it was decent. It just wasn't, I, 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 you know, I'm just not picking it up in the store. Paul's going cat in the hat. I would not <laughs> buy it in a store. I'm not <laughs> <buying> it. <laughs> I will not buy it anymore. All right, let's keep going. Detective Comics number one. Absolutely. Yes. I'm in. I'm out. The only thing that I enjoyed about the book was the last page, and that's not worth buying a second issue. I got to know what's happening with that face. I do want to know what's happening with the face, and you two are going to tell me. (laughs) I'm cool. Are you going to call Joker no face now? (laughs) (laughs) No face. No face. Call me no face. It's going to be the face league. (laughs) Tim, detective? I never bought it. Keep going. Green Arrow number one? No. No. Fuck that book. Now, when the creative team changes? Maybe. Because uh, isn't it at issue five that we get the new team there? Issue four. Issue four. I, 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 will, I will flip through that book at that time. I will Hawk defend my buddy J.T. Crow. I've, I liked his, his run on the last Green Arrow, but I, mm. this new one didn't interest me. Yeah. Okay. Hawk and Dove? No. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think so. Yeah. Yep. Any, is anyone other than me giving Justice League International a number two? Not nope. me. Not me. It, it didn't win me over. I'm purely buying it for nostalgia and uh, giving Dan Jurgens a second issue. But you see, you can pick up Dan Jurgens on issue seven on Superman. So saying, yeah. <laughs> right, Men of going. War. Num- Men of War. Nope. I, you know, pa- actually, hold on. 
Paul's sending me his men of war, so I'll have to reserve judgment <laughs> when I read his copy of it. Is that bad, huh? <laughs> I did not care for it. All right, Omek? Yes. Static Shock? No. Screw that book. I blech. Stormwatch? No. Swamp Thing? Yes. Yes. Batman and Robin? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I will. I, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Get off the fence and get the book, Aaron. Yeah, I, Tim, I'm going to be getting. Me. I'm, I'm going to be getting this one, Aaron. So I think you should get it because then we'll all have it. Damn it! This peer pressure comic book buying is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a pansy. Drop FF. Jeez. <laughs> I'm a maverick. <laughs> I'm a maverick. <laughs> all right, Batwoman. Yes. No. Love that book. Fuck that book. Fuck Deathstroke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Paul was the only one that read the first Destro. Yeah. Yes. Demon Knights? Yes. Frank Seriously. Is... Demon Knights was good. Jeez. It was Frank it was it reads a lot like Dungeons and Dragons from IDW. Uh-huh. Okay. Move along. Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Yes. I'm Giving interested in that book. I'll probably hit it in uh, d- uh, digitally. Yeah. And I will say anything I'm saying yes to, I am picking up the second issue and then I will and then I'll make my decision. Mm. Here's going to be a telling one. Green Lantern number 1. Y'all yep. know my feelings on the subject. I'm getting it. No. Tim? I am on the fence. I'm I'm probably going to get it because I like the Sinestro stuff. I like the backstory. If they return to Hal this quickly, I probably won't be interested. Though he was interesting in that issue. So, yeah, I'll probably give it an issue, too, but I don't know about three. Uh, Grifter? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Legion Lost? Double fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> No center. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Terrific. This is a triple. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> no, because Mr. Terrific actually wasn't half bad, but I, it wasn't good enough for issue two. It means it wasn't right. half good either. Yeah, Red Lanterns. Uh, no. You know, Aaron, you're not getting this one. I'm not. Uh, I'm not touching it. I, I've got a question mark next to it. I'm not committing to that one yet. Resurrection Man. No. I'm going to get issue two. I really enjoyed one. If you enjoy issue two, I may go with it digitally because I did enjoy issue one. But uh, uh, it, to me, that felt like a book that would be ideal to pay a buck ninety nine for. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Yes. I'm yeah, I think I'm on, on that one, too. I'm on board for issue two, I think. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Superboy. Yes. Yes. Yep. Batman number two. Yes. Yes, I think. I'm not going to. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'll I'll flip through it, but it just it wasn't to my feel. Uh, Birds of Prey. Yes. Blue Beetle. No. Uh, no, Tim. No. I thought about picking up issue two. Paul's going to be picking up like half of the books DC does. Now. I am actually. It's just about half. It's going to be picked called up the New Twenty Six. <laughs> Well, you know, Paul, if the trend continues, then you'll be down to 13, which is about manageable. So Yeah, which on. is my, my ultimate goal is about 30 bucks a week in comics. Um, yeah, mine too. And, and, you know, if I'm picking up, you know, if I'm picking up 26, say, you know, $3 books, eh, you know, that's probably about, what, 72 bucks? <laughs> so that's not too bad for a month, you know, <laughs> considering how many Marvel titles I keep dropping. <laughs> Thor, FF. All right, Captain Adam? No. Catwoman number one. Yes. 
I'm on board for issue two as well. Because it has it's guest starring Cinnamon. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> DC Universe presents. No. Another telling one: Green Lantern Corps. Yes. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I'm probably not going to get issue two. See, what I like about the Green Lantern books is that they're introducing secret identities again. And so I'm intrigued that by that concept because it has been years since any of the Green Lanterns have been seen in secret identity stuff. Legion of Superheroes. And let me start with a great big fuck no. Yeah, triple fuck. <laughs> no. Hell no. Nightwing. Yes. yes. I, I think. Issue two. And, that's about it. We'll see. Say, I don't know on this one yet because I haven't read the first issue. Wasn't able to get it physically. I'm waiting for the price to drop and then I'm going to pick up the digital. If I like the digital, then I'll get the the second issue, but I don't know yet. Uh, Red Hooded the Outlaws. No. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. They're dehumanizing the woman with the big boobs and red hair. I don't care. There you go. I would not hit this book with Tim's hands. Whatever. I like it so much, I might buy it and ship it all to you. Eat it. (laughs) If you do that, I will read it. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Supergirl. Yes. Yes. I'm on the fence. I didn't like the first issue. Nothing happened. I'll flip through it. I'm in for all the Superman titles. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. yes. Again, I'm not sure. I'm going to flip through that one. Negatory Tim. Ghost Rider. Uh, the, pattern is, the pattern is blocked. F that all, book. All Star Western. Yes, actually. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in All-Star Western. I just am I'm going to pick it up collected. I'm not interested in reading the floppies on it. Aquaman. Yes. Yeah, negative. Yeah, I'm on board for this one. Batman Dark Knight. Nope. Nope. Yes, this is one of only two Batman books I'm getting. Black. Uh, Blackhawks. No. <laughs> the Flash. No. Yes. Fury of Firestorm. No. <laughs> Green Lantern, New Guardians. Who? Oh. No. Uh, wait. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick up the second issue. Very much yes. It may. This may be the only Green Lantern book I end up continually getting. Uh, I Vampire. No. No. Justice League Dark. No. No. Savage Hawkman. Yes. Superman. Yes. Yes. Very much yes. Teen Titans. Yep. I think I'm giving it issue two. Uh, and finally, Voodoo. Yes. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Now, I will say, I guarantee that probably, at, at, if not half, at least a third of these books won't make it to issue three for me. Yeah, I no, I think... Paul says, I guarantee probably. <laughs> <laughs> nice qualifier. I 100% most likely guarantee. 60% of the time it works all the time. <sighs> That's a lot of friggin' books, I'll tell you right now. It is a lot of books. And, you know, I I think that there will be some that I read in issue two that I won't carry over for issue three. Yeah, but. I'm up to at least 17 DC books that I'm likely to get, you know, if I, including the ones that I flip through. Because usually if I flip through it, I'll end up getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So nearly these, 20 books that are just DC. Yeah. Some of these are intriguing me because they had solid first issues, 
and or dynamite cliffhangers. And I just, you know, and to, to bring me back for issue two, but, you know, if issue two isn't, you know, some of these books are just not going to continue to quality. Issue one, you know, they wanted to impress people straight out of the gate. I don't know if issue two is going to, like Deathstroke, I don't know if I'm going to pick up issue three. You know, okay, I mean, Paul, it just on issue two is. You read all of these. What was your biggest surprises? Biggest surprises? Um, All-Star Western. Animal Man. I think I think Animal Man and All Star Western, far and away, were the biggest surprises of the and OMAC, because I loved all three of those and I had zero interest in any of them. Uh, Aquaman by far was my biggest surprise. I expected I never thought I would buy an Aquaman book, and uh, Grant Morrison on Action Comics. I expect I picked that book up expecting to hate it. Yeah, and that was my I big surprise. Loved it. That was my absolutely my big surprise that I would ever enjoy a Grant Morrison story. And Suicide Squad was a solid book. You know, I mean, there were there were some solid books that I was surprised. I mean, maybe you know the biggest surprises were like the ones I said, but Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Who who would have thought you know that I would enjoy that? I was surprised and shocked by Red Hood and the Outlaws because I thought I would like it. Yeah, Never. I was looking forward to that one, but I, I did not. I, get I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Well, are we talking about good shocks? Either one. Oh. Well, I'm shocked at how awful Wonder Woman was, and how easily it was to flip the switch off on that on that character. Really, for me, the big uh, one of the biggest negative shocks, as far as you know, the books that sucked, Green Arrow. I really yeah. wanted to like Green Arrow. Same here. I I I I was hoping that the reboot would uh, bring back a, a green a Green Arrow character that I would enjoy, and that sure didn't happen. Justice yeah, League International. Well, let's I be, let's be fair, Aaron. I mean, you guys read Ultimate Hawkeye. That's sort of does no, you're right. Fill your quota. It, it does. Yeah, you're, you're that, absolutely right. It does. That covers my arrow shooting guy. Yeah. yeah. But Justice League International was the one that really surprised me. There was nothing about that book that said it wasn't going to be incredible. It was following up on the, uh, you know, the miniseries, you know, Justice League Lost that we enjoyed so much. It was Dan Jurgens writing the characters that he was so good at writing. I mean, everything about that book screamed, "This is going to be one of the books of the." the month yeah and it wasn't good i didn't hate it it wasn't horrible for me but it wasn't good yeah 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 so uh, worst book that you read out of the new 52 red hood i wouldn't go that far Um, i would i got it's the first comic book that i can remember in a long time that i actually got angry at i hated that book with a passion I think that might be the same thing for me. I think Red Hood was probably ridiculous. the the least good of the books that I read. Aaron, you, just, you just said you wanted to throw Black Hawkins in a fire, basically, right? Well, I, 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 I disliked the Blackhawks, but it didn't offend me. And I, I was offended by uh, Red Hood and, and the Outlaws. Yeah, uh, I, I would not. Same go- here. I would say the worst book I read of the New 52, having read all of the New 52. <laughs> Paul's like, you guys don't have the authority that I have with my <laughs> big Paula Ponte budget. Respect my authority. Authority. Oh, Legion with Lost. my wallet. Legion Lost was awful. Static Shock was awful. Stormwatch oh, was awful. You know, I, I, I stand corrected. Uh, Static Shock is the worst that I've read. Uh, oh my god! I mean, and, some and of those- much more disappointed because you know I went into Red Hood and the Outlaws. I don't have a I don't have any good feelings about the Jason Todd character, but I love Roy Harper, and I was very disappointed that you know the Roy Harper that I know and love isn't in that book, and I don't care for the Roy Harper that they gave me. 
Static Shock is a character that I really enjoy. I love the Milestone characters. I was so looking forward to what they were going to do. And uh, Static Shock was just a big pile of crap. It was just an awful book. There was nothing in that book to like. You know the real best thing about the New 52? With all these books to talk about, Arid's had to edit multiple two-hour episodes. As we're far over two hours right now. Yeah, That's the best thing about it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, don't be surprised if this isn't a two-part episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know my answer, so I'm, I'm not even going to comment. So, uh, coming up this week... Less books to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on uh, this coming weekend, you get uh, Knights of Rainsboro, issue number nine. Woo! Very exciting. Am I the only one excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Which issue is number nine? Uh, that's the one where... Uh, that's the one where Ricochet learns about fine art. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, I enjoy the stories of that so much that I I told the ga- a gaming story about you, Paul, on uh, a uh, an episode of Kicking the Dice Bags that I recorded that won't come out till after Knights of Rain's Pro does. It amused me so much what happens in this this episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hair Trigger has a big role in the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aaron keeps coming back to her over and over and over again. <laughs> it's a good, it, 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 lots of good, strong role playing for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Episode, so, anyway, fan favorite. And uh, you know, we hope you're enjoying Star Trek Aegean, uh episode two of our sandbox session. Will have dropped by the time that you uh, listen to this episode. Um, Ish. <laughs> I'm not saying when it will drop it was going to drop before this episode <laughs> I've had complaints Mr. Head about the the. If I'm looking forward to it and it doesn't drop and, and I get all annoyed and I said well we'll give you your money back but, <laughs> but in seriousness it's like we're going ish Yeah, ish. there we go thank you Yeah. alright well guys I'm sick of talking to you today yeah no shit wow. <laughs> that's that I guess there you go Catch you guys later. Yeah, I'm going to go snuggle with my copy of Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Starfire. I oh. love you, Red Hood. I love you, Roy Harper. Everybody loves Starfire. Yes, well, should. maybe there's no love involved in it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like me and uh, Ultra Duck, number one. Look for look forward to the review next week. Ass. Bye. <laughs> Can I just read, what is it, Cinnamon, whatever her name is? <laughs> If we can get it for free, yes. I I own almost every copy of that, every issue of that series. Christ, on a bike. <laughs> yeah, well, I, found well, it originally, I found it originally in a flea market, and I managed to get two issues of it. And, you know, I was a kid then. I was a teenager. Well, young teenager. So eventually I ended up finding them on, like, eBay to buy. So I ordered them online, and that's how I got the rest of the series. I'm missing an issue or two, but not many. I'd like to point out that... that that Wayne has had all of those issues laminated (laughs) (laughs) and stain guarded. (laughs) No, I've got doubles of a few issues. Uh, uh, And on that note, everybody, we'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 